Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, my Boris, and this is Straight Talk. I feel like I'm doing a dating app this year. <laughs> and the winner is AngelaWhite.com. Angela White is one of Australia's most successful exports. If you haven't heard of her, you're probably lying. The thing that got me passionate about pornography in the first place is me expressing and exploring my authentic sexuality. There's a lot of noise about what adult entertainers are making on OnlyFans, but... Angela's achievements dwarfs every one of them. That when I can create one piece of content and sell it to so many. What's killing it? The ultimate fantasy for most men is a threesome. I was shooting 20 to 25 scenes a month. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. People can feel the passion and the likes are going to come from that. The views are going to come from that. Your fan base is going to come from that. She's turned a taboo into a multi-million dollar enterprise. Many people aren't going to understand it, and that's fine, but I want to live my life authentically. Anything you'd do different if you went back to Angela at 18 or 19? That's a tough question because all the decisions I made got me to this point right now. As you know, people in their bedrooms at home, they don't always do five different positions. So for an OnlyFans scene, I could do... As I know. <laughs> well, as everyone knows. Well, hang on, hang on. Is, well, it, is there no really assumptions. five positions? <laughs> Angela White, we'll do straight talk. Thank you for having me. You know, one of the things I just noticed when you first came in and you sat down is... Uh, not only that you've got a couple of people you know, looking after you, but it's the strategic way you're you're sitting, mm-hmm. um, your composure, the whole thing. It's all well structured. Mm-hmm. Is that like purposeful, or that's um, you sort of trying to watch over your potential failures? In other words, I don't want to fuck it up, or are you just really purposeful on this stuff? I'm very disciplined. That's not enough of an answer for you. <laughs> no, but that is an answer for me. D- yeah, discipline to me I'm very means, disciplined. Yeah. Okay, but is that, that is that something you consciously do? Mm. Because you're a businesswoman. Yes. Okay, that's your deal. Yes. Okay, we know you're you're doing porn and stuff like that, but just let's talk about you being a businesswoman first first time. Yeah. Right. You're a purposeful businesswoman. So is that when you say discipline, does that mean you set up a structure and that you tick off every single box within the structure, even from where you go today? Come see me. Why did you come and see me, for example? Why are you on this show? Mm. Well, I love speaking to people. I love meeting new people. I think you're a very interesting person. Um, I'm excited to get my message across to a new audience and I think that Straight Talk provides that platform for me. Uh, I 
want to be taken seriously as a businesswoman and an entrepreneur. And I think that you're a great person to speak to. That's that. very interesting. Yeah. You, so you are. You're, but, you're, you, but you spoke about structure yeah. and you spoke, and when it comes to discipline and ticking all the boxes. And I do think that's important uh, to achieve goals. But it's also important to be fluid, to be able to accept change and roll with the punches. So while I am disciplined, I can also change my structure if necessary. So you, you, do, you need to do that in business. You've got to be able to bounce off walls yeah. when you have to. But yeah. like you even said to our uh, camera guy, um, what's the framing like? And then yeah. your your one of your assistants took a photograph of the frame mm. and showed you the frame. Mm. That's detail. That's micromanagement. Yes. Are you a micromanager? Uh, I can be. That's actually a weakness of mine that I've noted and that's why I've taught myself to let go of things. That's mad. Yeah. So uh, y- your decision to go into the business of pornography, mm. when did you first make that decision? Well, I got into it as soon as I turned 18. I knew I wanted to be in the industry from the age I was 14. But I didn't get into it to become a businesswoman or an entrepreneur. I got into it because I was passionate about it and then – everything fell into place for me to realize, wow, I can actually make a career out of this. I can actually be incredibly successful and I love to create goals and achieve them. And it was a perfect business for me to not only pursue my passion but also to achieve my goals. For me, it's important that you got to love something in order to be good at it. What is it you are passionate about? Is it a passion about women's rights? Is it a right to use your body as you choose? What is it? Those, those things come into it. It comes from the fact that I was very sexually curious teen and I was criticized for the way that I expressed my sexuality and I wanted to live my life on my terms and pornography was the first space I saw in which women were celebrated for embracing their sexuality, for exploring it and it was a safe environment where they could explore their sexuality. So that was why when I turned 14 that was... I had already decided I want to be in porn and obviously I waited until the legal age at 18 and I was really passionate about just connecting with people in a sexual way and pornography has allowed me to do that and create a career from that. That's mad. Explain to me then um, how you think or how you believe you connect. Is it? Do you mean by that that you're giving something to people, obviously your audience, mm. Is that the connection? Because obviously not the connection with your other actor that you're within the show. No, that's that's primarily. That's the connection. That's the connection. Right. The there's also the connection with the the audience, the consumer, the fan. But I want to create real passion and real chemistry on screen because I think that's what resonates with the fans. Yeah, they think it's yeah. real. Well, as, as opposed to real is a very loaded term. Correct. I'd like yeah. to know about that. Yeah. I mean, my aim is to create something that's authentic in a world that is full of artifice. So even this conversation we're having right now, there are cameras rolling. Yeah. So how how real is it? Are, if we were having coffee and it wasn't filmed, would you be asking me the same questions? Maybe you would be, but maybe you wouldn't. Don't worry, be. I'll ask you all the questions <laughs> I want to ask you. <laughs> it's called straight talk, so it's all good. Well, when it comes to filming pornography, I want to have sex with my on-screen partner as I would if the cameras weren't rolling. When 
I'm able to. Obviously, there are different types of films. There's different genres. There's different pornographies. And so if I'm shooting a, a feature pornography that's where the sex is heavily directed and it's already been decided what sexual positions you're going to do when and when you're going to orgasm. Obviously, it's very difficult to find true moments to connect, although you can find them. Whereas if you're shooting an all-sex scene, or some people call them a gonzo scene, then it's just you having sex with your on-screen partner, as you would if the cameras weren't rolling. That gonzo scene, Mm. like a sex scene in another film, is that what you mean by that? No. Okay, so I'll. So there are many, many different genres and many different categories, yep. but um, two of the main categories would be feature. So a feature would have some sort of storyline. Okay, know, you're some sitting sort at a bus stop and some yeah. dude taps you on the shoulder. Or what, or whatever it yeah, might be. Whatever. There's, yeah, yeah. there's some sort of storyline. <laughs> the plumber turns yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. So there's a storyline involved before you get to the sex. Yeah. For... There's actually a difference between all sex and gonzo. So I'll I'll um I'll define the two and mm. but know that people erroneously call all sex scenes gonzo. So that's that term gonzo is used a lot. Gonzo comes from gonzo journalism. So that was where the journalist would put themselves in the article. So there wasn't this sort of them pretending like there is an objective truth. They would become part of the article that they were writing. So in gonzo pornography, the camera operator is also in some way part of the scene, not necessarily sexually, but they might speak to the performers during the intro. They might ask the female performer questions or sometimes they'd also be involved, obviously, as long as they're tested and there's consent um, or like a POV, which is a point of view scene, that could also be a gonzo scene. It's where you're breaking the fourth wall. You're really looking directly at the camera. Now, an all sex scene, all sex obviously suggests there's no intro, there's no acting. So that's just two or more people going straight to the sex. There might be a little bit of tease. So the female performer, obviously in heterosexual porn I'm speaking about, might tease the camera in her lingerie before, say, a male uh, co-star comes in and they have sex. So that would be all sex and gonzo are often conflated as the same because they're often uh, gonzo scenes are usually all sex scenes. So those are the two main categories, feature with a storyline or all sex and gonzo, no storyline. And that's my favourite genre. Gonzo yeah. and all sex, that's what I live for. And, and why? Because you feel as though you can connect with your partner? Yes. Or, or the... the Let's not call the whole crew, but like everybody who's in participating in it or yes. trying to produce it. Yes. And I mean, obviously my, my focus is my on-screen partner. Yep. Partners, as mm. sometimes the case may mm. be. But in those scenes where the sex isn't heavily directed, where we're told just to have passionate sex, I mean, that's ideal for me because then I can actually create authentic chemistry with my on-screen partner. I actually fuck them the way I would want to if the cameras weren't rolling. There's some slight adjustments to let the light in, but aside from that, it's like the positions we want to do. So it's sort of real. It's, yeah. Well, sort of <laughs> It's real and not real, if you know what I mean. But I know I get it, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's more authentic. Yes. And, the, and I guess the objective here is to be authentic. Mm-hmm your most authentic self because if you're not, everyone's going, oh, that's all fucking bullshit. What's the point of watching it? Yeah. You know, and and how important is that in terms of building your audience? So do you like mm-hmm. everybody else, you know, like it's, it's a broadcast, it's a it's a platform and a broadcast. 
So you're interested in how many views and how many likes. Is that does it get down to that level? I mean, do you Sure. I mean, the the thing that I have to focus on because it's the thing that got me passionate about pornography in the first place is me expressing and exploring my authentic sexuality and connecting with my on-screen partner. So that is where it all begins. And everything else comes from that. I feel like if you have sex on camera and people can feel the passion, they can they can feel how into each other you are. They're going to enjoy watching that and the likes are going to come from that. The the views are going to come from that. Your fan base is going to come from that. At the end of the day, it's a business too mm-hmm. and um, you've got to say, well, fuck, that didn't work. Um, nobody liked it. You might have thought, wow, I was really connected to the dude and, uh, you know, I went off and, uh, you know, I thought I really performed well because this can happen in, in just stand up yeah. on a stage talking to an audience. I've done it. Yeah. And sometimes you're losing them. Yeah. If I'm talking to a live audience, I know I'm losing them. In your case, you know you've lost them because no one watches it or... But if, if someone stops halfway through in a pornographic scene, you, that might be a success. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so how, how do the analytics... Sorry, how do the analytics work? So... I guess let's talk about the platforms. Which platforms do you go on? You're on Pornhub and all those. OnlyFans. And yeah. OnlyFans. Yeah. But Pornhub owns most of these. They're all owned by the same mob. They've just got different names, aren't they, like a lot of times? Well, OnlyFans and Pornhub are, are very different companies. They're different. And then, no, they're totally. and then, and then I had um, – I used to have my own website as well. Um, so I got all the, like, back-end data, like all the analytics I was able to see on my website. Um, it depends on the platform how much – analytics they share you. with yeah. you. So I might not be able to see on um, OnlyFans, for example, like how long somebody watches a video, but I can see how many people bought that video, for example. Um, and it's also important to me to see how many purchases they make after they purchase the first video, because, you know, it could be easier to get someone to buy their first video, but you want them to come back for more. So I can see that those analytics in the back end. Do you have a team of people or do you do this all yourself? I mean, how how much of a business is it in terms of its breadth? Yeah, so I do have people helping me, um, especially with the analytics because I always want to be focused on the creativity. And so I have other people helping me with the numbers, telling me what's what's selling well. Also like looking um, broadly at the environment. So what is selling well for other people on other platforms, just looking at – um, the trends, for yeah, example. Yeah. What's trending? So, so did you start off on other people's porn sites? I actually started with my own website. So well, going all the way back, I worked with a few different companies and it was very early on that I realized that I was going to need to create my own production company if I was truly going to bring my vision of sexuality to life. So I worked with a few different companies. I really enjoyed my time with them, but it wasn't how I wanted to represent myself. So I created my own production company and I was producing, directing my own films, DVDs and for my own website at the time. And I built my brand doing it myself. And it was only after um, I'd kind of built my brand that I started putting my videos onto Pornhub um, and getting more views and um, uh, fans through that. And then it was kind of during the pandemic that OnlyFans really took off. It and kicked I, off hard. Yeah. I've always wanted to know this. I mean, let's take one of the older platforms like Pornhub, et cetera, um, or any of those X videos or whatever they are. Do you take your production or your video and then 
send it into them and say, look, I, you know, pitch it into you, to them or do they come to you and ask you to pitch them something to them or how does it all work? So the tube sites like Pornhub and X videos, they're not producers. They are, they, um, they're distributors. Yeah. So um, you don't pitch them anything because they're not going to create the content. They're just going to distribute the content. But do you pitch the content that you make? I just I have my own channel and I upload what I want to upload. So do they go out and um, do they go out and take stuff out of other people's sites? So you've got your own stuff on your website, you know. So in the beginning, the tube sites began from stealing from pornography. Yeah, they're scraping. Things. Yes, they're just basically had they, software and scraped everybody's websites. Yeah. Now what do they do? What do they do now? Now um, they have a much better relationship with the pornography industry, right. and now they do pay out um, per click. Uh, so now we, when we have a channel, we are actually getting paid for the views that we get from that channel. It's sort of like the big argument that creators should get a, a better share of what it is that they create or yes. what content they create, whether it's any form of artist we're talking about here, yeah. it could be a, a musician, et cetera. So that's the same thing in your industry. Yes. So you weren't getting paid originally for what no. was being pinched from you. And then scrapping websites was easy to do too. Mm. But did you all unionise? Um so the porn industry isn't unionised. Um, there was a lot of pressure put on the tube sites to actually, you know, they were, that was intellectual property that they were stealing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we weren't given any help from like, you know, when it came to people like uh, trying to um, take legal action, nobody really cared about pornographers losing money or uh, disrespect of the intellectual property. But there was a lot of pressure from the porn industry. And I can't tell you exactly what, what happened to make them change, but slowly but surely, yeah. Do you think you're getting a fair clip from them? Um, I'm not sure. Because um, it's free on a lot of those sites. So it is free. How, how do they make their money? It's They make their money from advertising. Right. Yeah. I have interviewed the guys from Pornhub before and I, as, as I recall they told, told me that what they're advertising is Viagra, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all sorts of shit like that, yep. you know, those sorts of things. So yeah. that's how they make their dough. Yeah. And and he actually told me that they own most of the sites, most of those names. It'll look like different names, but they're all theirs anyway, but they're just catering to different genres or different audiences. So so in your business now, you've gone from those platforms where people got to know you and you've won a whole lot of awards. Congratulations. Thank you know, you. you're probably Australia's most definitely Australia's most awarded porn actor. Very proud. Not yeah. just in Australia. Not just but here. But I'm also the the only performer to ever win. AVN Female Performer of the Year three times. What's AVN stands for? Adult? Adult Video News. Yep. It's the, it's the Oscars of porn. Yep. Do you continue to strive to do more? I'm always striving to be a better performer. Do you do that because it's better for your business or that's better because something that you want to do? Angela something wants that to do. I want to do. And it just happens to also be better for business. So always striving to be a better performer, to push myself, to become a better actress, whatever. Each year I focus on something different. Not only is it something that's it's achievement for me personally, but to do that, I'm also producing and directing and I'm putting out a lot of content. So it's good for business as well because obviously I'm putting that content out there and I am making money from the content. Do you have to be prolific? Because I, I just know in like my mentor business, we're, we're publishers mm. and the more we put out, the better we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more people, oh, more eyeballs we get. People just really love it because it's all for free. Um, so and therefore I can attract advertisers because my audience grows. But being prolific is really important. Yes. In your case, um, and I know a little bit in my case too, it sort of happens this way, is that there's much more 
um, emphasis on your time and how much you can do. There's a limit as to how many times you can appear in your broadcast. Yeah. Um, scalability. Your, is scalability it? is yeah. an issue. Yeah. OnlyFans has been great in terms of scalability because I can uh, – it's such a big platform and the network effect is so huge on OnlyFans that when I can create one piece of content and sell it to so many fans at once. The audience is huge on OnlyFans. Yeah. But um, – yeah, being prolific is very important, especially for winning awards like Avian Female Performer of the Year. You have to, for for that that award category is a body of work category, so you need to show that you've been shooting a lot for a diverse amount of companies, uh, diverse amount of genres, um, and. But the great thing about creating content is obviously you can only be on set if you're you're only you can only be on set once that day. Yeah. Well. You could shoot a couple of times, but but you create that content and then you can sell that over and over and over again for years. What's well, a typical day or a typical week perhaps? I create my week so it really depends on what I want to do. Um, I don't like to shoot seven days a week. Like physically on my body that's, mm. that's draining but I do work seven days a week because yep. I run all my – I do all the marketing for my social media. I'm running all those accounts so, and that takes up a lot of my time. I mean, when I was going for Performer of the Year and I was shooting for all of the different companies, my focus at that point wasn't OnlyFans. I was shooting 20 to 25 scenes a month. So that was a wow. lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, now um, I'm a contract star for Brazzers, so I'm shooting less studio porn and focusing more on OnlyFans. And with OnlyFans content, it doesn't have to be as formulaic as studio porn, so I don't like with studio porn, it's usually a 30-minute scene with four to five positions. There, There is a formula to those mm. scenes. With OnlyFans, the audience on OnlyFans wants that to be far more amateur. They want it authentic. And as you know, people in their bedrooms at home, they don't always do five different positions. So for an OnlyFans scene, I could do... <laughs> as I know. <laughs> well, as everyone knows. <laughs> Oh, hang on, hang on. Is, is there really assumptions. five positions? <laughs> maybe you do much, much more. I don't know. Well, I, I maybe um, maybe much, much less too. But anyway, but for OnlyFans, <laughs> you know, I could just do one or two positions. I could do a ten-minute scene rather than a, a thirty-minute scene. Um, so therefore, I could do many more in a day. There's lots of tiers in OnlyFans, isn't there? So like you pay different amounts for each tier. How does it work in uh, terms of subscription? Like how do you work your OnlyFans? Yeah, so there's there's one subscription price to get in yep. and then um, there's a, a wall feed where I put free photos and videos on the wall yep. and then through the DMs I send out videos for purchase. Right. So and I try and keep the price of my videos very low because I'm looking What's for What's an example sale? of pricing? Like. $3, dollars $4, $5. So like if, I, if I pay the subscription to get onto your page and then I um, go into the paywall and I say DM you mm -hmm. and I say, Angela, like I, you know, I'd like to see um, this type of sex scene, you would do a video. That would be a, that would be a custom video. That's custom. I don't really do a lot of custom videos because it's not scalable. Right. So, um, for example, I will uh, cater to certain fetishes. So say, example, a foot fetish, I will create videos millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Or people who like feet. And then I will send it out in what's called a mass DM. So Everybody gets the DM. Everybody has You DM the, them. I DM everyone. Right. And everyone has the option to either purchase or not purchase, yeah. depending on whether that fits. Do you put it like a teaser, like a trailer on there? I put a trailer. I put yeah. a description and the description makes it very clear what's in the video because I'm very transparent about what they're getting. I always want them to know. You know, I, I don't try and fool my fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I tell them what's in the video. Um, they're free to click on it and purchase it or not if they if it doesn't suit them. They can also, fans can also DM me directly and ask for specific content or content that they may have missed. Uh, but the mass DMs is the easiest way for me to scale. And what's killing it? I mean, I guess you got this. Because I guess you get to see what the, the, what the audience yeah. is like in relation to Angela White. I yeah. Mean, like- uh, well, the ultimate fantasy for most men is a threesome. With two right. girls. That's two girls, one, one two guy. Two girls, yeah. one guy. That's the ultimate. That has been statistically known um, for, a, for a while um, in terms of like statistics from DVD sales and Pornhub. So I do a lot of threesomes. Um, I have big natural boobs. So people who are into me are usually into. I was going to ask you that. It's, yeah. it's all natural. Yeah, all yeah. natural. Yeah. So they love boob play. They love oil. They love seeing the movement. So like even just seeing me walk, seeing me bounce because natural breasts move in a very different way than say enhanced breasts move. So anything big boob related. Um, and right now the trend is actually free use porn. For what? Free use porn. Which means what? Free use is sort of um, it's like the female in this case would be for free use so she's able to be um, – you're able to have sex with her no matter what she's doing. So if she's doing the dishes, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, have yeah, sex yeah. with her while she's doing the dishes. Like situational stuff. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually created a lot of that but it's on my list of things that I want to shoot in so, the future. I, I'm actually fascinated by this, Angela. Like, like not, not so much – well, yeah, I mean the porn stuff is, is fascinating but – but in a different sort of way. I'm fascinated about the, the business approach that you have to all this mm. and um, how you're unpicking it and the analytics that sit around, what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. how long is it going to go for, how much, f- what price i got to charge. You just said you try to keep the stuff affordable. Yeah. But I, th- I think you said three bucks or something like that. Uh, yeah, three to five dollars is – Yes. US, yeah, yeah. That's so ideal. how do you actually sit down and work out what the price is? People charge on OnlyFans wildly different amounts. So there's no standard when it comes to DMs. I've seen performers charge. Uh, so I'll do collaborations with other female performers and in a collaboration we're not paying each other. So we both own the content equally and I'll see I'll be selling mine for, say, $5 on my channel and I'll see them sell it for $200 on theirs. Wow. So there's the range is absolutely huge in terms of what people are charging. For me, I always want to bring the best value to my fans and I want to 
reach as many fans as possible. Like I want people to see my work. So I want it to be affordable. And then in terms of scalability, it's great because more people can afford your product. Yeah, that makes sense. So you made a strategic decision Mm. to make it less expensive so that you can spread it amongst more people. Yes. With a view, I presume, hoping that they'll come back. Yes. And you're going to play the scale game. Yes. A retention is very important for me. So, so how I, do you retain? How, how, what's your retention process? I think value for money. Yep. Um, I think that's really important for fans because you want them to keep coming back for more and if they can only afford to buy one video a month, that's, that's not what I want. I want them to be in there. I want them to be having fun on my channel. I want them to think I, – I want them when they purchase, I want them to think, oh, great, wait, I get all of this for $5? Mm. I want it to be a pleasurable experience, not just, you know, yeah, what yeah. they do with the content once they've purchased it. So I think that's really important for retention. I think creating um, as a unique kind of environment for them as I can, so as personalised, sorry, is a better word, as personalised as possible, um, and also as authentic. So I'll I'll do – little videos on OnlyFans that you won't see like in normal studio porn. So it'll be me waking up or me having coffee or kind of letting them into my real world more. On any of the platforms, do you play the Australian card? I can't really hide my Australianness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very much an Aussie girl and you can hear that in my voice and I think the way I act as well, I think even the way I fuck, I think I'm very Is relaxed. Is there a way? You mean? Well, I think that I'm just... I'm I'm very free. I th- I feel like I feel like there's sort of an Australian spirit where we're just laid back and chill and ourselves and we don't give a fuck. Yeah, I that's, think that, that comes that, across. That, yeah. that, that that sort of makes sense to me. Um, you know, we, I mean, Australians have that reputation around the world, but to, what I'm finding interesting, very, I'm curious about this, is it actually flows into the pornography world, and that people assume that. And they might get turned on by this fact that Australian men and or women fuck in a way that's sort of more broad-minded than everyone else in the world. Do you mm. think that's a, a thing? Yeah, there's this there's this kind of idea of Australians as very adventurous and I think that is also the case when it comes to sexuality or at least I should only speak for myself. I'm sexually adventurous and I think that part of that comes from me growing up as an Australian. Yeah, that's cool. And are you yeah. gathering, or your team, are they, are they gathering all this uh, data and then uh, saying, well, this worked, that didn't work, and let's try this next time, or let's do this again, or let's do this for a longer period? So the team only, they only gather data on like the sa- the sales. So right. they're not gathering data on what the fans are saying. So all those DMs are coming to me. So that's me. And I'm not as like um, analytical, I guess. I kind of just, I don't put it in a spreadsheet or anything. I just kind of get a general feel for what people are enjoying. And I do find that people like that I'm very laid back, very open-minded. The thing I get told a lot is that they feel comfortable telling me anything. And I feel really happy that I've created an environment where they feel like they can talk to me about their deepest desires and not feel shame around that. That's an important word you used, uh, shame. There is a sort of long-standing view that doing what you do is shameful. Mm. How do you deal with that or doesn't, you don't give a fuck about it yeah, at all? Okay. Yeah, I don't care. But what about, what about others? Yeah. There are others yeah. in your life, parents, yeah. brothers, sisters, I don't know what you've got in your life. Yeah. So. My friends and family are very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So that you don't have to deal with that issue in relation to them. The only time that I have to deal with it, like I have to deal with the stigma when I engage with the outside world, you know, outside of my close 
circle of family and friends. And it doesn't really bother me. I know it's it's about them more than it's about me. Like yeah. anything they project onto me is just coming from them. I have no shame around my sexuality and expressing it no, and exploring you. it. Yeah. And I feel empowered by what I do. And I think that's another reason why people don't feel as shame as shameful when watching my work because they know, oh, she's made these choices. She's an empowered woman. It's clear she wants to be here. If they've followed my story and watched interviews with me, they know that I made this decision out of you know, passion and, and wanting to express and explore my sexuality. So then when they watch my films, there's no questioning for them of, oh, does she want to be here? Is she being, is she coerced? Is she really enjoying this? They know that I'm enjoying it. So it takes away some of the shame, I think. You're heterosexual or bisexual? Bisexual. Okay. Yeah. Or pansexual. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't even like to put myself in a box. But I I was going to ask you, do you have a partner as a result of that? I mean, a a real life partner. Yeah. So I'm in open relationships, I guess would be the best way to put it. Numerous. Yes. Yeah. Numerous partners. But so how is it difficult as a result of what you do to find those individuals? Mm. Well, I guess I probably attract other very sexually adventurous people. So it may, in fact, be easier. But I'm also surrounded by peers, colleagues, friends that have a similar mindset. Open mindset. Open. Would you think to yourself that if someone, let's say you found them attractive from a physical point of view, but they weren't anywhere near as adventurous as you, but they're more intellectual? Mm, no, actually intelligence is what I'm most attracted to. But let's say they're a book reader. They say, yeah, go to bed tonight. I don't want to fuck you tonight. I don't want to read this book. I mean, that's okay. Well, how many nights a week are they doing that? I don't know. I'm just asking you a question. <laughs> I'm just sort of thinking of shit as I'm going along here because I'm just, I'm, I'm, my imagination is running wild on you, by the way. So I, I love to read. Mm. So I would love to have a partner who is reading. Um, how, as, I mean, I still want to connect with. Physically. Yeah, yeah physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, totally. yeah. I feel like I'm doing a dating app with you. <laughs> No, but I'm just – that's not me that do it, okay? I'm just, I'm just making up stuff. But it sort of is a bit me I mean, because, yeah. like, I think to myself that there's got to be a fair balance between the amount of physicality to be attractive to yeah. me, not for me to be attractive, for me to be attractive to someone. There's got to be, be the, a fair amount of intellect as well as physicality, but there's got to be a fair bit of intellect there and a, a mutual mutuality in intellect because I find that very – energizing. I mean, mm. I get a lot of energy out of someone else's, their intellect in terms of what it is they're doing. I mean, it could be like a business person like yourself, or it could be someone who's a university person, or it could be someone who's just a intellect like reading philosophy or whatever it is. Um, I don't think I would be attracted to someone who wasn't intellectual or trying to better themselves or trying to learn. I love learning. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And I think that if you're an adventurous person in the sexual realm, you're probably adventurous in the mind as well. You want to learn, you want to read, you want to expand. So we've got Angela yeah. White now. I don't know what age you're, but let's say you're in your early 30s around there. Um, you've been in this business for quite a while now, assuming that age is correct, given that you started when you are 18. Um, your business is is you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the subject matter. How do you stay relevant? That's a big thing. And, yeah. at, I mean, you look fantastic. Don't get me wrong. There's no reason for you to be thinking anything other than that. Um, but how do you stay relevant as Angela White now? Would you become Angela White, the sexy, you know, older woman down mm-hmm. the track? I mean, do you, have you thought about these um, stages of mm-hmm. Angela White, the business? Yes, I have. The best way that I've found staying relevant is just to keep working on my craft, 
to always be better, to always push myself to do new things. Obviously, social media is very important just for uh, growing your audience. I think that's always really important to be gaining more fans, Um, even doing interviews like this, expanding my audience. And in terms of um, the stages in the industry, I think that it's been amazing for female performers that now there's been this MILF revolution, mm. as people like to call it, uh, where older women are seen as very attractive. And I haven't decided whether I'm going to move into that genre. Um, I, You don't need to if you play your cards right. So we'll see what happens. Right now I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. I'm really happy performing. Um, there are other aspects of the industry that I'm interested in. I'm also um, investing in some things that I can't talk about yet, but um, I'm putting my money into to places so that I, I don't have to. You so you're ready to. for retirement, not yeah. retirement, but yeah, yeah. like a new, the new stage. I always like to give myself choices, uh, options. Yeah, I like yeah. to give myself options. Do you make good money in this game? I mean, I don't know, yeah. but they tell well, me you make good money. But what, 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 do you mind so giving me an idea? Like we talk about millions of dollars a year or we what, what are we looking at? Well, I should say that. N- not everyone makes great money in this I can industry. Imagine, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an industry where you can do very well. And I'm I'm not going to give exact numbers, but I'm sure you've seen some of the numbers thrown around about the top OnlyFans or earners. Yeah, and I am in the top zero point zero one percent, which gives you an idea. Right. Uh, so yeah, I make very good money, but I also work very hard. And I'm yeah. very passionate. So it's not easy money what, yeah. as people think it is. Well, no, when you make lots of money, it's never easy. Mm. It doesn't matter what genre you're in. Um, yeah. OnlyFans has been a big boost yes. for everybody. In not in your industry, anyone who's on OnlyFans, whatever the reason is, yeah. it's it's been giant. It, like it's probably catapulted you, not you, but everybody in terms of revenues way beyond all creators. Yeah of any type of content, way beyond wherever they were prior to that. And to some extent prior to that, everybody's being used up a bit. Well, creators, are f- uh, performers are finally getting the the money that they deserved. Yeah. Yeah. So where to from here, Angela? Like, uh, I mean, do you ever see, I don't know if you've got kids, I don't know if you're married, I wouldn't have a clue what the deal is, but you ever see yourself settling down and uh, sort of you know, raising a whole little new Angelas and Angelos? <laughs> No, I've, I'm going to keep that adventurous spirit. I don't yeah. – settling down doesn't interest me. Maybe it will one day. Yeah. But right now I just can't see that happening. Do you have to have a, like some mad fucking fitness regime? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like you got to watch your food, you know, yeah. jump around, do aerobics, whatever you got to do, Pilates, you do all that stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the food's very important as well. It's not just um, from a physical standpoint. It's about stamina and it's about, you know, how, how your body's functioning on set as well is really important. Yeah, because it's like I just noticed you when you walked in. You, you look fit, but at the same time, you don't really look like like a you don't look like a you know super athlete because yeah. that's not probably not going to work for you either. No, it doesn't work for for my brand. Yeah, my for brand, your brand is being the curvaceous natural boobs. If I start working out too hard, I'm going to lose my boobs. I'm going to lose too much weight. So it's a real balancing act for me. So that's why Pilates is really good for me because it's not it's strengthening and leaning without burning so many calories that I'm going to lose my fat, which I actually need my fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Because that's in, that's where it is. That's and if where you, it is. you lose, start losing weight, I mean, I've known women in the past. As soon as they lose, start losing weight, they first place. Loses where they don't lose it. Yes, exactly. 
And like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with guys too, by the way. We, we lose it in all the wrong places too. We want to lose it off their ass or our hips and we end up losing our biceps or our chest or some <sighs> fucking thing. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's not fair. It's frustrating. It's not fair. And, and, and yeah. so, so you run a very strict regime by the sound of it. Mm. Do you ever just fucking let loose? Say, okay, I'm on going out in the town Fuck this! I'm over it. I'm going. I'm going to fly to Greece. I'm going to fly to Bali. I'm going to hang out for two weeks. I'm going to drink piss and uh, just go mad. Two weeks? No. Do I ever let loose? Yeah, but it'll be one night. I'll get a big juicy burger and chili cheese oh fries. You, you're shake. supposed to be adventurous. What's going on here? <laughs> well, I can't. I couldn't take you, two weeks off and just, just. I, I wouldn't feel good. Like it's not just about business. Like I feel good when I'm eating healthy and when I'm working out. Like like my mental clarity is there. I couldn't just even if say I was to go on vacation for two weeks, I would you know a couple of those nights I'd eat whatever I wanted, but the rest of the time I would be ordering like the fish and the broccoli. Is that yeah. you were that structured? You were yeah. that disciplined. But I, I, but you enjoy it. Though. I enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Or, do, or is it the other way? You don't like feel like feeling like shit. I hate feeling like shit. Yeah. Like, I, so I enjoy feeling good. I know what that meal is going to make me feel like. It's going to make me feel light. I'm going to have mental clarity. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to be happier. Yeah. Anything you'd do different if you went back to Angela at eighteen or nineteen? Hmm. <sighs> That's a tough question because all the decisions I made got me to this point right now and I'm so happy with the point that I'm at. And so like any mistake that I may have made or anything that I may have done, I think, you know, one thing does come up actually. I think I could have told my mother about getting into the industry softer. I think I was too, I don't, I wouldn't have changed getting in, but I was just a little rebellious and I just just told her, like, just without, I feel like I told her without empathy. And so I think, I wish I had told her in a more softer way. Like, I wish I had sat down and explained to her, like, I'm really passionate about this. And I've been thinking about this for years. And I have, I have so many ideas about how I want to express myself and what I want to do. Instead, I just kind of was just like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, basically, I'm doing this. I don't care what you say. Was Angela in a hurry or was she rebellious? Like you sometimes. I was a little bit in a hurry, actually. (laughs) I was because I just turned 18. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. Let's go. So I think that's, I think I could have delivered it in a more empathetic way. And thankfully, my mum was really understanding and is really supportive. She was worried in the beginning because there's all these myths that surround the industry about all the women are abducted and, you know, drug addicted and they're all coerced into things they don't want to do, which is, you know, hasn't been my experience at all. But there are those myths that surround the industry. So of course she was worried. Also, I just turned 18. I'd never been overseas by myself before. I was still in high school and I just said, I'm just going to go across the other side of the globe and shoot pornography. So I could have delivered that in a more empathetic way. It's uh, yeah. fucking mad when you're 18 thinking about that. Yeah. I thought it was crazy going, living at university when I was 17, leaving home, leaving Punchbowl, moving into Kensington. I thought that was mad. You've, uh, and just to study, <laughs> you've gone off to another another whole new world like LA, I guess LA, we're talking about LA or something like that. Actually it was um, Miami first. Miami, okay. Yeah. So same sort of deal. And uh, you're in Miami, 18, just turned 18 years of age and you're going into the pornography industry. That's fucking mad. That is like mental. 
And that must, you must, where do you get your strength from? I mean, I'm, I'm running out of time. I'm getting wound up here with left, right, and center by the production team. But I, where, do you, where does that strength come from? Like, where was, where did the 18 year old Angela White, strong woman at that young age, tender age, and you've got to be like, not, I don't mean strong in terms of that feminist type thing, but sort of um, willing enough to go and take all the risks that may be associated with this stuff and leaving home and getting away from your environment. Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. I just, I just really wanted to do this. I just really wanted to live my life on my terms. I was sick of being criticised for who I felt like I was at my core and I knew that this was something that I wanted to do and I thought about it for four years before I finally turned 18, going over the pros and cons, really like dissecting it. Is this what I want? Why do I want this? And when I finally turned 18, I was like, yes, this, I'm doing it. And it was, it felt liberating to, to do the thing that I set out to do that I wanted to do in spite of the criticism, in spite of people telling me that I shouldn't. Did you have a best girlfriend who you, when you're going to school and you said, Hey, you know, Sarah, this is what I'm going to do. Like, and she said, well, if you get into trouble, you can always call me and I'll come over. Yeah. What was it going on? Did you have someone like that? Um, you know, my closest friends were not surprised at all when I told them I'm going over there. And it, this was only when I went over to Miami, I went over and I shot and I came straight back. So I went straight back to high school. And as I was finishing up year 12, the magazines and the the scenes started trickling out while I was still in high school. So that was a wild ride. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess I'd just been through enough, like in high school, being teased for expressing my sexuality that I just became strong. Like I just realize that this is who I am at my core. This is what I want to do. Many people aren't going to understand it and that's fine, but I want to live my life authentically and this is what I want. It's totally wild. You've had a wild ride. I'm so glad something like OnlyFans did come along because that's not only we rewarded by, you know, fans, but you're rewarded financially. So that's really important. Yeah. I mean, people say money's not that important. Fucking bullshit. At the end of the day, money is a great marker of success. Mm based on yeah. your audience, that so they're prepared to pay for something yes, and and prepare to engage by payment. And so I, I, OnlyFans has been a fantastic um, outcome for people like you who are creators. And I'm, I'm glad that an Aussie has done so well in this industry. And you just, uh, I was going to say you fucked them all, but. Uh, I kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> but in some ways you did. So yeah. I hope you're not offended by that, but you <laughs> fucked the world. Good on yeah. you. Angela, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a Mentored Podcast. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.